The following live recording of Swami Vivekananda Saraswati is presented by agamayoga.com. And if you have questions or if you have issues in your spiritual practice or others, we can talk about them. I want to remind that our Q&A is not only about the theme of the evening. Of course, we prefer that in the evening when we speak about transfiguration, there should be first and foremost the questions about transfiguration. But if since two weeks some of you did more transfiguration or slept on it and now you got a question about the transfiguration from two weeks ago, it's not forbidden to have those questions. If you have some questions about other spiritual aspects from your life and practice, that's also not prohibited. But of course, we would prefer to start with the questions which refer straight to consecration, if there are any, and then with any other questions which you may have for tonight. When we finish with the few questions which they will appear, we'll stop for tonight. So with courage, if you want to ask questions, please come and sit forth, because they need to be recorded, otherwise... Uh, I have a question, what is about uh, people who think that they do... They do bad actions and they think they do it for God, like people who think they start a war in the name of God or terrorists who like kill 30 people and think they do it for God or Allah. The, the problem is there of consecration. Can you consecrate that and receive an answer to that? Of course, here, when we get to this level, it's a very slippery slope. And somebody who did a hundred consecrations or a thousand consecrations even better before will know even better what I'm talking about because, of course, here the ego is involved. Like a person who is in terrible psychological turmoil, who is extremely split, who is about to do something which is very questionable or very extreme, would simply say, yeah, yeah, sure, I know that God wants this. How? From who is the messenger of God who tells you that specifically for your problem? Because you know that there are interpretations. All the sacred scriptures and all the words of the great sages, they can cover only a certain spectrum of the human experience. There will always appear new things, such as take the new technology. No? Is it... Is the new technology involved or not? No? Like whoever decided that the Jews cannot flip an electric switch during the Sabbath. Because there was no electric switches when the laws of the Sabbath were done. So nobody could have mentioned that. It is that somebody interpreted it. And you can be sure that in Israel some families go by it and some families don't pay a damn on that. And they flip switches freely all the Sabbath long because they don't believe in it. It's like sects, different sects who have different interpretation of one and the same thing. That's why in yoga there are always three authorities as defined by Patanjali. The Shastras, Yama and Niyama and all that, your teacher, and finally your experience, your own personal feeling and experience of it. It is very important to realize that your own experience eventually becomes takes over. It's like the one which has 51%. Because you guide yourself by the Shastras, you guide yourself by the words of your teacher, but eventually you have to feel the things. And the secret of all this is the following. 
you need to believe. Because in the moment when you die, you are, let's, let me simplify it or put it, that's not what we teach in the art of dying. It's a different, technically, it's a very elaborate and precise thing. But we can say that when you die, you are reaching to your judgment day. You have like the final line and you simply evaluate how this life ends and where do you go from there on. That judgment day absolutely depends on what you believe because you are your own judge. You have in your heart the ultimate judge. God is in your heart. The cosmic consciousness is in your heart. Your Atman is of the same nature with Brahman. Therefore, your Atman already knows the answers. And when you peel off to the level of your Atman, your Atman already knows. And because of that, remember that there is no judge but ourselves. We have the judge inside us and we hate to think about it because we always think that we could argue with the judge. We could convince the judge. But we cannot. Inside ourselves, there is a very impartial judge. And you cannot bribe it or cheat it or manipulate it or anything. And that judge is totally and entirely about who you are and what you believe. That is why it is said in the laws of the mind in the course number 25 that it is your mind which absolves you or condemns you. Your own mind condemns you or absolves you. Believe that you are guilty and when your judgment day is coming, you will judge yourself and condemn yourself. It's the belief which makes the difference. So people say, Swami, so if I kill somebody and I believe I'm innocent, will I get away with it? Yes, if you can truly believe, yes. But the problem is that you will pretend that you believe and in your dreams, even your dreams, I'm not talking about Atman, just in your dreams, which are just one step away from this reality, in your dreams you will no longer be able to believe. In your dreams you'll have nightmares and you'll feel guilty and, and then you realize, whom did I convince? I didn't convince anybody. I convinced my conscious mind on the surface and I'm cheekily and shamelessly, boldly saying, no, I'm not guilty, no, I haven't done this. But when you put me asleep, if you put me under hypnosis, if you put me in such similar state, whoops, there, there is a different. And when I will die, that truth will manifest, not this one. It's only for the person who can convince themselves at the level of the subconscious mind and deeper layers of the subconscious mind that that would work. So theoretically, the question again would say, yes, if you can believe the right thing, that's enough. But the problem again and again is this deep level belief. So, um, again, Krishna does teach some things which seem questionable or immoral. And he does it from such a level that Arjuna will get that belief. He spends a lot of time to make Arjuna believe and he says I take it on my shoulders and then Arjuna says who the heck are you and then he touches him on the forehead and puts him in Samadhi and says this is who I am 
and Arjuna. So what is this? This is that in the moment when Arjuna died, he believed he did the work of God through and through. So from his standpoint, whatever happened in that epic, Arjuna was clean because he believed that Krishna, who was God, made him do this, and that was it. As far as he was concerned, he could look smiling in the eyes of God and simply say, I'm clean. I did everything which is right. But this is the slippery part of karma yoga and consecration because the problem is if you can generate that faith and the yogis consider that everything which is in accordance to the shastras, everything which is in accordance to yama and niyama, everything which is in accordance to the advice of your spiritual teacher generally fulfills these rules and then when you start taking some bizarre decisions there you have to see if you can stand on your own feet or not that's why it's much better for the first years and decades of your spiritual evolution to stick to yama and niyama that's sort of a kind of protection safety net which allows you to I still don't, don't have a clear picture about consecration. Um, uh, when I say uh, I consecrate something, um, does it mean that uh, uh, we talk about uh, um, not a result of uh, my action, like uh, material, physical result, but it's kind of... Uh, inquiry to God to take away my karma connected to this action. Well, that's the first purpose. That's how the whole issue started, that yogis wanted to act and not to get the karma from it. Otherwise, they would have to step back and stay inactive for fear of getting some karma. So That was the original purpose. But then it goes deeper. This rabbit hole goes deeper. Because first of all, I consecrate because I want to build a hospital for children. But I don't want the karma for that. But it goes deeper because if I do that in a state of consecration, I am going to be transformed through this action. It becomes a yoga for me. How? Because every time when I put a brick and put cement on it and so on, I am in a state where my sahasrara is on and I feel like the divine is acting through my hands. I have a certain feeling how clear it is and how intense it is. That's, of course, arguable, but I'm having a feeling that something is manifesting through me. Therefore, does it mean that uh, when I consecrate, I assume that I am not doer, that I Correct. don't do, but, but God do, does it through me? Correct. Therefore, I'm completely selfless. Mm. And uh, maybe, could you describe, in short, uh, uh, what kind of state, what kind of feeling I have to have when I do consecration? Because um, mm, um, devotion, aspiration, and be simple, a uh, simple candor. Like it's exactly like when you want to give something, no? and it's a sacred moment, it's a moment where you want to give something. And there is this slight feeling of contact. It's exactly like normally my eyes are looking down and from time to time I'm rising my eyes to heaven. 
That's the moment of consecration. It's one of the rare moments when I raise my gaze to heaven and I dare to look towards God, you know, and I'm, I dare to address a word. That's approximately. It, it, it has to be very straightforward and it's, an, it's, a, it's a moment of aspiration. Yeah, only one thing left uh, actually for me, I'm clear. Ego is involved always because who is, uh, who asks, who, who, who is that I who asks, uh, who gives, who consecrates? It's ego, obviously. And uh, ego asks mm, to take <laughs> all fruits, which means it's kind of a dirty game. <laughs> ego wants to get something back or uh, uh, get rid of um, punishment, karma, whatever. Correct. <coughs> In the beginning it's as simple as that. But then also as you do things with aspiration, there is also a certain amount of surrender in what you do. Like, it's out of my hand. I'm giving, I'm going to do something beautiful and I'm offering it to God. This little extra which you put to it justifies the rest. Yes, there is ego. And until you do not reach an enlightenment level, there will always be some ego motivation. Sure. No? But the divine consciousness knows this. Like it's absurd to ask to a human being who lives in a conditioned world to suddenly become perfect and do things like Milarepa would do them. And therefore, there exists compassion, there exists support. Sure, you are doing your request with quite a bit of ego, and up till a certain point it is acceptable. Actually, I would say that the divine consciousness even accepts some people don't know to try to consecrate things and to do things even if their motivation is not completely clean it will still work up to a certain level like try to look upon the divine with the glasses of jesus god is a loving father there he will cut you a lot of slack you know like you don't need to be perfect he will tolerate Lots of imperfection and this until you see the strict part of that father. So that's why we always have to have a bit of a confidence in, in this. Yes, there, there are egoistic uh, motivations. It's inevitable. Thank you. Hi. I have a couple sort of similar questions. Um, my first question is when you were talking about being in Romania, uh, and consecrating the, the yoga class you were going to do, not getting an answer and not going and feeling that um, you could have been arrested had you gone. If you were going to be arrested, that would have presumably been from some past karmic um, response. And yet, by not going, the karma is still there for you. It's still going to get you later in this maybe, life. Maybe, later. or maybe meanwhile I compensated it with maybe something else. Why bite the dust prematurely? <laughs> but, then <it's laughs> but then it's there for a future life, right? Yeah, if I did not obtain the total annihilation of it, then it, will be the, it would be there for a future life. So, when people, it just, uh, so when you consecrate something and you potentially avoid a bad thing, you're not actually burning that karma, you're just avoiding it for now. That is correct? 
No, that is not correct, uh, because that was not the meaning of it. I was consecrating an action, and I suddenly felt like a glacial silence, like there was no movement. Mm -hmm. There was nothing to it. And then I did it the second time, and then still, and then I did it the third time, and then still. And then I said, well, something must be the matter. And when I thought about it, the more I dwelled upon it, the more I started feeling a strange fear, a strange... So I simply said, I won't go. Like, if I'm not encouraged to go, I'm, I will not go. And again, I until today... It's a simplistic example which shows that things can be very subjective because until today I do not have 100% confirmation that that was the case. But I don't need a confirmation because I subjectively, I think, I believe that that was the thing. It's simply part of my belief system. So for me it works. A scientist would say, Swami, can you demonstrate that? No. But I don't need to demonstrate it. That's the beauty with faith. I can just believe something. I can believe that Jesus is born on the 25th of December. And people say it actually looks like he was born on the 4th of January. Maybe. But I believe he was born on the 25th of December. It's as simple as that. Okay. It's not a scientific fact. And when in, in the school, lots of people talk about consecration as if, uh, if I consecrate it and I am answered, only good things will come from that. But that's that's not actually a guarantee, is it? The, the only thing you get from an answered consecration is that the divine will accept the karma from whatever comes from that action. It could be something that you would perceive Correct. as Correct, and negative. that the divine in a certain way uh, supervises that action and is involved in that action. But good does not necessarily mean pleasant. Right. Yeah, like only good will come, but good from the standpoint of God. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be pleasant or superficially good. Yeah. And my last question is, in month one, there was in the Karma Yoga um, lecture, there was a, a mention that if you act uh, in the spirit of the moment, the example that was given was, for example, if you are out on the mountain and somebody falls and without thinking about it, you reach to grab them, that that is not an action which um, collects karma because you are yeah. acting sort of in, in tune with the universe. It's an example of spontaneous detachment, That's of right. non, not calculating, not having ulterior motives. And so what's the difference? Because that strikes me as a deeply unconscious action, which sort of seems to be the opposite of awareness, which is generally the, the goal. Correct, but don't forget that our at our deepest levels, our subconscious mind is deeply connected with each other, and it is deeply embedded in the cosmic mind and in the cosmic consciousness. And therefore, there is a level where things happen spontaneously. Mm -hmm. the, your awareness, like you, if you don't have the awareness of it, you are not having the evolution which comes from it. But still the action does happen, with your awareness or not. And on the contrary, if 10 years later you start doing yoga much, then that, that event from your youth may come to you and appear as very significant. You do a meditation retreat, and you dwell on it for days and days, and then suddenly you say, now I understand that peculiar moment. There was a very, very peculiar moment when I was young, and when this thing happened, and at that time I didn't even realize what actually did happen. 
now I do. So it, the awareness can come even later. Okay, thank you. Please. Good. It is enough for tonight. It is late enough. Namaste. With this we finish. This was a live recording of Swami Vivekananda Saraswati. For more information, visit us on agamayoga.com or go directly to agamayoga.com slash downloads.